And we're back. Season two of This Is True. You know, you know what's crazy is most podcasts, I, I, want, I want to say it's like 90% of podcasts don't make it past 10 episodes. So, I mean, we're already in the top 10%. I mean, because this is episode 11, you got to think, uh, season one, 10 episodes, props to you if you listen to all 10 episodes, I, I, you're a real trooper, I, I know it wasn't good, season two is going to be so much better, I am so excited, I got so much to talk about, I get to talk about real games, that's something we didn't talk about last 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 season, um, so there's real football to go on, and I'm just so excited, thank you so much for listening, I'm your host, Isaiah Sanders, and it's going to... This is going to be an exciting episode. I, I meant to record an episode last week before week one of college football, um, but it just got super busy, so I wasn't able to do it. So this today we're going to talk about we're going to talk about last week's games, week one's games, and then we're going to look forward to week two's college football games. And probably won't talk about NFL as much th- this semester. I'm going to talk. I, I will obviously hit the highlights, but deep down, I am a college football guy. Um, I will talk about some of the big big stuff that happens in NFL, um, but we're mostly going to talk college football. Um, but yeah, let, let's get started talking about week one. I was so hyped. I, I, I was busy, so I didn't get to watch a lot of games, but I was watching highlights on ESPN, and it, and it was it, it was so good. It's so good to be a college football fan, and get the, the week one, you wake up, you get to watch game day, and it, it, it's just, it's so back. It's so back. Even though there wasn't a ton of marquee games, like it was just good to watch football. It was just good to watch football. So I, I, I was excited. There was some interesting matchups. We, we saw some stuff. I mean, Clemson getting upset by Duke. That was crazy. Um, Florida not even being competitive. Um, I, I, let's start there. Let's start there. I knew, and, I, and if you keep up with college football, you knew Florida's not going to be good this year. But did anyone expect them to come out and look that bad? I know I didn't. I thought I saw them losing like the the twenty eight to thirty five to Utah. I mean Utah was on their third and fourth string quarterbacks, and they're out there throwing seventy yard bombs, making Florida look like a JV team. I mean, that was just embarrassing. If Florida, you got to get rid of Billy Napier. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not a Florida fan, but for the sake of Florida, y'all need to y'all need to get your act together. I mean, he can't recruit. That was the big that was the big hiring point about Billy Napier. Is you know he 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 can he can recruit. He can recruit. Well, it's not working out. You you, you ha- supposedly you have a good recruiting class coming in next year, but guess what? Signing day is not till December. Florida plays 11 more games between then. If, if, if they finish the season 4-8, and eight, how many of these high-rated recruits that are supposedly right now verbally committed to Florida, how many of them are actually signing on that dotted line and actually coming to Florida next season? And then it's going to take two years to develop them. I mean, how many of those freshmen are actually going to make an impact year one? They're not. Maybe one or two of them will make a slight impact, but you're two or three years away and if you're a Florida fan, are you really ready to wait that long? And do you really think that Billy Napier is the guy to lead the Florida Gators football program that way? But on the Utah side of the ball, Kyle Whittingham, like just 
my respect for him goes up year after year. Kyle Whittingham is one of those coaches in college football that gets the most from his players. He's in the Pac-12. He's in Utah. He's not at a powerhouse. He's not. He's. I mean, he's not at a national powerhouse. And he consistently gets the most out of his players. They're consistently, I mean, they're, they're back-to-back Pac-12 champions. They get zero respect. They're one of, they're easily, in my opinion, a top 10 team in the country. I believe the AP poll has them at 11 or 12 this week. I That's disrespectful. They are a top 10 team. I would take them over any team in the Pac-12. And you may say, Isaiah, what about USC and Oregon? Well, guess what? Last time USC and Utah played, the last two times Utah and USC play, guess who won? Utah. I'm taking Utah. They were playing with their third and fourth string quarterbacks, and they I know it wasn't a very good team, but I believe that they are the best team in the Pac-12 this year. I'm saying it early week one. Utah will win the Pac-12 for the third year in a row and be competing for a playoff spot. I'm not sure they're, they're going to get there. I think that they will probably lose a game or two this season. I'm, but my main saying that they're going to be the best team in the Pac-12 doesn't mean I think they're going undefeated. The Pac-12, really, while it may not be elite, it is one of the most consistent top-to-bottom um, conferences this year, which is kind of sad considering it's its last season being a thing, the Pac-12. But I mean, if you look at Pac-12, it is just loaded with good teams. You've got Utah, you've got USC, you've got Oregon, you've got Washington, you've got Oregon State, you've got UCLA. All of those teams are at least eight-win teams. They're good teams. And so I think Utah is going to come out the top, but I do think they drop a game or two and they're going to go 10-2, and 11-1 and one and, and end up in that Pac-12 title game and I like them in a rematch against any of those teams I really do let's move on what what were some other interesting games here oh you know let's stick with the Pac-12 USC they they played San Jose State I'm I'm on the Caleb Williams hype train I just want everyone to know this is not a hating on Caleb Williams Caleb Williams is legit he is one of the best quarterback prospects that we have seen in the last decade. He is the real deal. But that defense for USC is what's going to hold it back. And folks, we've seen this story before. We've seen this story before. And you're like, when? Last year? Yeah, we've seen it last year. And we've seen it with every single Lincoln Riley team ever. I mean, he's been he went to the playoffs, was it three times? Three or four times with Oklahoma. And it was Every year, they were like 110th, 120th in defense. And you cannot compete in the playoffs with that bad of a defense. Now, do you have to have a top 10 defense? I don't believe you do. In today's game, the game has shifted so much to be an offensive game that I don't think you have to have a top 10 defense to compete. Now, to win, I think you need to be up there. But you, 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 you to compete for a national title, I don't think you have to have that good. But you can't be as bad on DV. You can't be giving up 28 points to the San Jose States of the world. Because if you're giving, a 20, giving up 28 to them, how much are you going to be giving up to the Oregon, who hung 82 points last weekend on... I, I want to say... I, I forget who they're playing, but they hung 82 points. Like I mean, props... 
props to Oregon, dude. Bo Nix, I'll be honest, I was not a Bo Nix fan um, at all. He is a legitimate Heisman contender this year. He was last year until he got hurt. But this year, I mean, what they are building there in Oregon is downright impressive. Got a former UGA coordinator as a coach. Shout out to my guy. Just, you know, UGA, the Kirby Smart coaching tree grows bigger and bigger. But that all that to say, I don't. That is USC. It, it, if USC could get a decent defense, I think that they would be the most dangerous team in the country, and that's what holds them back. They're they're, they're one sided. Their offense is legitimate. Their defense is terrible. Let's talk about some. There, I mean, there there wasn't that many big games that that I I want to talk about. Obviously, there was Colorado versus TCU, and I will talk about that in a minute. Um, but I, but I, I want to talk about a couple of Let's move on to the Big Ten. We got Ohio State playing Indiana. Ohio State, I'm not saying you should be concerned. If you're an Ohio State fan, I'm not saying you should be concerned. But man, you better hope that y'all get it figured out at quarterback before you play Notre Dame in a few weeks. Because Notre Dame and Sam Hartman are clicking right now. They are clicking. Ohio State, I mean, their new quarterback, I forget. His name escapes me off the top of my head. But he didn't even have a passing touchdown. Um, McCord, that's his name. Yeah, 239 passing yards and an interception. That's concerning against a team like Indiana who is not good. One of the worst teams in the Power Five, Indiana is, and you couldn't even get a passing touching, a passing touchdown with that offense and those wide receiver weapons that Indiana, I mean that that Ohio State has. You couldn't even. That is concerning. You have a couple weeks. I mean, like I said, it's not a concern, like a major concern yet, because you have two weeks to figure it out. But that Notre Dame game in Week Four is coming fast, and Notre Dame is a force to be reckoned with this year. Um, Alabama, they were rolling. I mean, they're playing Middle, T- Middle Tennessee State, which, I mean, Middle Tennessee State beat Miami last year. So, I mean, they're no, they're not a good team, but they're not to be laughed at. But Alabama just absolutely just came in and handled business. Jaden Milrow, quarterback at Alabama, I think he really silenced some doubters, myself included. I All offseason, I've not been a huge fan of him and was doubtful of how he would reform. Now, once again, it was against Middle Tennessee State. So how much can you really take away from that? I'm not sure. We'll see. Talk about that in a minute. Texas, Alabama, week two. That is the game of the week. I am so excited. But uh, Jaden Milrow, 200 yards, three touchdowns. I believe he had a couple of rushing touchdowns too. Um, So great game. Silence the doubters. Um, My Georgia Bulldogs. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this for a minute. Georgia... Georgia beat something called UT Martin 48 to 7. Um, and if you were a Georgia fan like me watching the game, it was kind of deceiving because it, we, while we won 48 to 7, it felt like we won like 14 to 7 at times because Georgia's offense got off to a slow start. And I'm here to tell all the Georgia fans calm down. It was not that bad. It really wasn't. We still scored 48 points. That's that's good. That is good. If you, we should be happy. Um, and Carson Beck was just fine. 
Did he look a little uncomfortable in the pocket? Yes, but it was his first start. Let's give him some grace. And while for all, for all looking uncomfortable in the pocket, he threw for just under 300 yards. I want to say 294 yards. He had a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown and a 67% completion percentage. I'm sorry, but if Stetson Bennett did that, we would be totally okay with that. So let's give him some grace. Yes, he looked a little bit uncomfortable. Yes, our offense was off to a a slow start. Let's cut Mike Bobo some slack. I thought Mike Bobo called a great game. We had almost 500 yards of offense. Um, We got all of our quarterbacks involved. We, I mean, we got Brock Vandegrift involved. We got Gunnar Stockton involved. Uh, Brock Vandegrift looked great in that drive that he came in. Um, the only thing I would knock on Mike Bobo's game that he called is that 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 weird run up the middle and near the end zone right as the first half was ending. I didn't like that. I thought that was poor game management, poor clock management. We didn't have any timeouts, and you're calling a run up the middle when we haven't been able to run it all half very well. Didn't like that, but that's the only knock. I would not be concerned if you were a Georgia fan. We got a couple more weeks to figure out, like, get the offense clicking. We got this week, then we have South Carolina, and then, then we have UAB. Um, all those games, I think Georgia will be fine if they play hike they did on Saturday. And by, by then, I think we'll be clicking on offense and we will be just fine. So if you're a Georgia fan like me in the first half of the other game of the game on Saturday, let's calm down. Let's not be as concerned. Georgia's going to be fine. Um, the defense looked just as lights out as ever. Um, it only thing I would knock on on, on besides that play call was the O-line and the run game looked like there was a little bit of miscommunication at times, but that's something that can be cleaned up. We've got time, like I said, not going to be a concern. All right, let's talk about Clemson and Duke. It pains me a little bit because I have a lot of friends that are Clemson fans and I feel bad as a Georgia fan being 1-0 having 100% more wins than Clemson. It just pains me. I, I, I can't imagine being 0-1. I don't remember Georgia. Georgia hasn't lost a opener in a long time that, that I ever remember, so I can't imagine what my Clemson fan friends are going through right now, and my, 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 my heart goes out to you. Um, I'm sorry about that. I thought I thought Dabo Swinney said it best after the game. That was like one of the weirdest games I've ever seen. I watched most of that game, and it was weird. Because Clemson did, they moved the ball okay. They just had so many miscues on offense and then several on defense. And it just, it didn't look like a Dabo Swinney coach team. And like, Cade Klubnik, it was a little concerning. He should have had like three interceptions in the first half. And they were dropped. They were dropped. The only reason he didn't is because they were dropped. But that was concerning. Um, If you're a Clemson fan, you should be concerned. If you're Dabo Swinney, you should be concerned. You've had three months to prepare for that game. And you come out and you lay an egg. We go all right on on the 50-yard line and lay an egg. That is concerning. Y'all need to get get your act together. You need to figure it out. Um... Because the Clemson team that I saw on the field on Monday night, that's a six and six team. That that sort of, that team's not beating UNC. That team's not beating Notre Dame. That team's not beating Florida State. That team might not even beat South Carolina. I mean, y'all can't if you're if you're Clemson, you can't be going zero and two over two years against South Carolina. That that that. Like I said, it's week one. You got time to figure it out. But there are some issues. Shout out to Duke. Um, I mean, they 
they balled with the that the quarterback for Duke. I forget his name. He he balled. I felt bad. I don't know if you if you keep up with it. He asked for an extension on his homework after the game, and his professor like clapped back and told him no. Riley Leonard, that's his name. Riley Leonard, shout out to him. I mean, he balled. I mean, if you look at the box score, it's not that impressive. But if you, if you watch that game, you know it was domination from beginning to end, and he just played an incredible game. Um, but yeah, shout out to the Duke Blue Devils. Um, really coming in and getting a top 10 win I, I, I want to say that hadn't happened in like uh, it, I don't remember exactly how many years but it, it had been a long time since Duke got a top 10 win like that now let's talk about let's talk about the big game the big game of the day um, of, the, of the weekend rather um, Colorado versus TCU <sighs> I don't know it. If if you've talked to me this off season, you will know that I was kind of a hater on Colorado, and I still I am to a certain extent. Now, don't get me wrong. I love me some Dion. Uh, maybe I'm biased because of the last name. I love Dion. Love Prime. Love Coach Prime. But I did think that the hype was getting a little bit out of hand for Colorado because if you look at their roster. It's not good. Like, yes, they only have a few top-tier players on that team, and so they have one of the worst overall rosters in all of Power 5. Yeah, they brought in a lot of transfers through the portal, but if you look at the players they're bringing in, they're from schools like Maine, which I didn't even know Maine had a football program. I'm not sure the people in Maine know that they have a football program, honestly. But so it... Talent-wise, it's still ways away, and I just thought that the hype was going to be too much. I knew that TCU was losing some pieces, but I still figured they would be better. But if you give Coach Prime three months to prepare for a game, four months to prepare for a game, he's going to come out and he's going to dominate. Shadur Sanders, um, Coach Prime's son, wow, 500 yards, 500 yards passing, four touchdowns. I mean, that's impressive. I heard he had a major chip on his shoulder just because the co- one of the coordinators from TCU disrespected him back in the day at a quarterback camp. So, I mean, uh, that chip on the shoulder worked wonders. Um if Colorado can play with that mentality all season, I think that they will win a lot more games. I, I, I don't think – I think the floor I – mean, I think the ceiling for Colorado is a lot lower than people are hyping out. I would be shocked if TC, uh, if Colorado won more than seven games. I really would. And that's no disrespect to Colorado. you got to keep in mind this is a team that won one game last year. So to go from one game to seven games, that's impressive. That's not a bad season. I think give Coach Prime a couple of years he can turn them into a contender in the big 12 when they move there but i think at this at at a certain to a certain point colorado is going to be limited this year because of depth and not because of talent but because of depth they don't have the players to contend with the big boys because they got to contend with the utahs the oregon's the UCLA's, the USC's of the the Pac-12, and I think week in, week out, playing that schedule back-to-back, not having 12 weeks to prepare for a game, that is going to come back and bite them, and they just don't have the depth at this point. But if you give Coach Prime time, he's going to get there, and that is not to take anything away from this win this last weekend. That was impressive. They came out, and they just absolutely dominated TCU. Um... You can't ask for anything more. That was impressive. I'm impressed. Hats off to Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, and the rest of the Colorado Buffaloes. That was just an impressive win.
All right. Let's talk about some matchups for this upcoming week. There's not a ton of big games. As, as we go forward in the season, there'll be more and more big games to talk about. But I just want to hit kind of a couple of the highlights that I think are going to be interesting going forward. And, and, and honestly, the, the one that sticks out to me is LSU and Grambling. I want to see... Uh, this is not an interesting game, okay? Grambling's 0-1, LSU's 4-1. I want to see how LSU bounces back from their week one loss to Florida State. Um, that That's a game that I didn't talk about a moment ago. Shout out to Florida State. They're the real deal. Um, Mike Norvell's really got the ball rolling down there. I left it off my list of notes. Sorry, that was not no no mean for disrespect. I, I had it on my one list, not on my other. Uh, I apologize, but anyway, LSU they really came out and they just looked flat, in my opinion. From the did not full transparency, did not watch this game. I watched some highlights afterwards. They they looked flat. Um, was it J- J- Jaden Daniels? He he looked. He looked uncomfortable, I thought, and he threw for a lot of yards, but he just he just looked uncomfortable. Um, and I want to see. Obviously, I think LSU is going to win. Obviously, they are miles above Grambling State skill wise, but I want to see them bounce back because this is a team that's supposed to be a legitimate playoff contender this year. They really are. Um, and I want to see what a week one loss does to the mentality of this team. Do they still have the mentality of we are a playoff contender? Do are, are we a playoff contender? I want to see that if they still have that mentality or if that's going to mess them up as they go into SEC play. If they're going to mail it in week one after that loss. I want to see how they come out next week against Grandpa. I expect them to come out and play and play a good game and not have that poor mentality. But I'm, I want to see that mentality. Same thing goes. Same thing goes for the for Georgia. I want to see how they come out next week because I I know Kirby Smart's about real good about like not letting like the players get hear what the media and the fans have to say about. Them. But I want to see does the chirping that you're hearing if you keep up if you're on some of the, like the Georgia like fan pages and stuff and just talking with Georgia fans does the chirping that's coming about Carson Beck is that going to get to the team? Just like with LSU, I don't think it is. But I want to see how does that team come out. Does Carson Beck look more comfortable in the pocket um, and playing quarter, playing the position? Does he look more comfortable? Not because of what the fans are saying, but did just just having a game under his belt as a starter coming in. It's another easy game. We're playing Ball State. Um, Ball State. Isn't that, the, isn't that where uh, Jimmy G went? I'm pretty sure that's where Jimmy G went. Shout out, Jimmy G. Um, hope he gets to play some this year. I think he's playing with the Raiders now, Las Vegas Raiders. But anyway, like it's another easy win for Georgia. It, it, like they, 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 Georgia can play bad and still dominate this game, but I want to see, can they come out, can they score more than 17 in the first half like, like they did last week? Can we, can we be up 28, 35 to nothing at the half, have that offense rolling? Because um, I would love for us to be like that. 
and then Brock Vandergriff and, and, and um, Gunnar Stockton be able to come in in the second half and get some playing time. I loved seeing Brock Vandergriff play last week. I, I thought he looked really comfortable. I'm, if you know me, I'm biased toward Brock Vandergriff. That's an Oconee boy. I'm an Oconee boy. Let's go. I'm, I'm biased towards him. I want him to get some playing time. I'm looking forward to seeing him next year. So I would love for Georgia to come in, Carson Beck, be comfortable, get in, get out, so we don't have to risk injury. Get get let him get four or five touchdowns drives in, and then get Vandergriff and Stockton into the game, heading into that South Carolina game week three. And then there's the big one with Texas traveling to Alabama, number three, Alabama. Isn't that nice to say? Isn't that nice to say? Number three, Alabama. I was getting tired of hearing about number one, Alabama, for so many years in a row. Now, I know I'm I'm biased because there's, there, there's a new number one in town. Has been for a while, and they're not going anywhere soon, and it happens to be my team. So I'm sure all of y'all are getting tired of hearing about Georgia, but that'll never get tired. But as... I think we can all agree, even if you don't like hearing that Georgia's number one, I think we can all agree that here in Alabama being number one for so long was getting old. So number three, Alabama, that has a nice ring to it. Versus number 11, Texas. Is Texas back? Are the Longhorns back? That's the real question. I think we'll find out this week. I'm going to call it right now. Texas wins this game. Quinn Ewers looked good last year against Alabama when they were playing in Austin. He looked good. He was he was I think they that Texas would have won the game last year if he didn't get injured. If Quinn Ewers didn't get injured early in that game. They were beat they were beating Alabama. I think that they would have won last year. I think this year if Quinn Ewers can come out and play like he did last week, like he was playing against Alabama, I think they beat Alabama at home in Tuscaloosa. I think that Alabama, while I think it's going to be a good game, this is not a knock on Alabama. I think that Texas is back. I I think they're winning the Big 12. I've gone early in the season, I'm already calling Utah to win the Pac 12, Texas to win the Big 12. First episode of season two, I'm calling it early. Maybe I, I reserve the right to rescind these calls, but uh, these predictions. But right now, I'm telling you, I think Texas wins this game, goes in. I think it's a close one. I'm, th- I'm thinking like in the 38 35. Actually, no, that's a little low. I think this is more of an offensive game. I'm going to go 45-42. I think they both teams get in the 40s. I can see it being a late field goal, late touchdown drive to take the lead. I, I think the only reason that Alabama might win this game is because it's at home. That home field advantage in Tuscaloosa is no joke, believe me. I've been there. It's an incredible stadium atmosphere. It's going to be packed out. Top 15 matchup. It's going to be incredible. But I think that Texas in the end comes out and they they beat Nick Saban. They beat they beat the greatest coach of all time in his own house. And I think I think this could be the beginning of a long season for Alabama because I I think once Texas if Texas beats them, other teams are going to be able to see that Alabama is vulnerable. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way to Alabama. And I don't mean it that they're not a good team. But I don't think that they're the same program that they were a couple of years ago. I do not. Now, I may be totally proven wrong, but it's my opinion that Alabama, Nick Saban, are not as good as they were a couple of years ago. I mean, look at the talent they had last year and they weren't able to capitalize on it and do any, win anything meaningful. 
that's unheard of in an under a Nick Saban team. And while I'm not saying last year's obviously no, not this year, I do think that Texas beats them. And I do think that other teams take note of that and how to beat Alabama. Because if Texas can do it, I think that there's other teams in the SEC that can do it too. Your LSUs, your Georgias, your Tennessees could be in for a long season for Alabama. I think Alabama drops at least one or two of those games that the, that they had to play. Because they have to play LSU. They have to play Tennessee. But, I mean, they can afford to lose one of those and still make it to the to the UGA Invitational. As I, or, I mean, sorry, the SEC Championship. Get them mixed up sometimes. But, anyways, I, 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 do, think, I do think Texas wins that game. Um, and that's all I have to talk about. Thank you for listening to season two episode one of this is true it's so back i'm so excited i've had so much fun i think this may be our longest episode ever this is true ever maybe it's just because i'm excited to talk maybe it's because i'm getting to talk about actual games but thank you for listening and we'll see you next time